Welcome back to Sticky Standards, and this is episode number 13, A Baker's Dozen. Sticky Standards. Professional learning that sticks. Welcome to Sticky Standards. Again, this is Dana Richardson, and I am so blessed today to have Joellen Killian with us. Joellen is in Boston, I think at the airport. So if you hear some noise in the background, you know those planes are coming and going. I've known Joellen for a long time. I've learned with her and from her as part of Learning Forward. Right now, she is a senior advisor for Learning Forward. Joellen, I think that means you get to work on special projects that you love. Is that right? That's exactly right. I have the luxury of getting to choose, and it is a great space. But it also means that I have more time and end up going deeper in many things than I probably would. Mm -hmm. I understand. So one of those topics that you have really dug into are the new professional learning standards. Today we want to talk about one standard, the standard of resources. Resources uh, can be time, people, technology, money, materials. Talk to us a little bit about the resource of time. Might we start there? We can indeed. And some would say, Dana, that time is really a matter of money, that when we talk about time, that we're really talking about the the big category of how we choose to invest our dollars. So anyway, here's here's what I know about time. There is never enough of it. It is a non-renewable resource. When it's gone, it's gone. And what all of that says to us to educators is that we have to be very savvy about every decision we make regarding time. And so time is frequently what teachers will say and even principals will say is the number one lacking resource within their school day. So I think that we have to become smarter about how we use the time we have during the school day to promote student learning and educator learning simultaneously. And that time doesn't mean that we have to trade off student learning time in order to create educator learning time. It means thinking about how we can accomplish both ends simultaneously. So I'm going to pause right there, Dana, and see what you think might be um, helpful for me to talk about more specifically related to time, or what else you want me to address. Thank you. Part of it is what people's beliefs are around the use of time, and maybe their guiding principles around time. Help us think about time. I, I'm glad you asked about guiding beliefs 
in principle about time. There's a couple that I think get in the way of us being smart about time use. And one of those that sometimes gets in the way is the notion that the more time students have in learning situations, the more they are learning. Mm. And I think that belief and principle exists for parents. I think it exists for um, many educators themselves. Yet I think we aren't asking ourselves whether or not we are being efficient in the time that we have and whether or not there might be more effective ways to engage students in learning and use our time more effectively. And so what that leads me to consider is that if we're doing the same thing we've always done, then we'll get the results we've always achieved. And what I think is very important for us to recognize is that if we want students to learn more, we might not be able to achieve that result or that goal if we're doing the same thing we've always done and don't allow ourselves time to learn ways to improve our practice, to be more effective, to reach more students, and to go deeper into our content and something that's something we're all required to do now with these wonderful new standards. So uh, an interfering belief is that the amount of time a student is in a classroom equals or is directly correlated to the amount of learning a student does. So that belief must be examined, I think. I think another belief that sometimes gets in our way is one that says time is fixed mm-hmm. and that the school day uh, looks exactly as it did a hundred years ago when students were going to school during the winter months when there couldn't be um, they couldn't be outside in the field and that they were there for um, a kind of short period of the day and what happened in school happened in school and so we know that we have rich resources coming into students' lives today that allow them to learn in many, many ways and for much longer than a typical school day, and how we can become creative about using the resources we have, such as web-based technology, to extend student learning time beyond the typical school day, and also to be able to extend educator learning time beyond the typical school day. So that notion that learning equals time again comes into play, and also that learning can only happen between the hours of 8 and 3. So that very same belief is about how the big people learn, too. Yes. Yes. That takes us to the standard on learning design. 
whether it's formal or informal, whether it's at the building level, the district level, whether it's a team, or uh, all of the above. Yeah. I want to share just a quick little quote with you, if I might. This is a quote from an assistant superintendent, Jack Linton, in the Petal School District, P-E-T-A-L, in Petal, Mississippi. And he, this quote introduces a toolkit that we've created called Establishing Time for Professional Learning. And it's available on our website, and we can give more details about that. But here's what Jack says about time, and I think it's a beautiful statement. Quote, the first thing to understand is that schedules are not sacred. Unfortunately, most school administrators believe they are sacred to the point of being married to them. As a formal principal, former principal, I understand that factors such as our stomachs and yellow school buses sometimes dictate the schedule. All too often, however, schedules are geared to what is best for the bus drivers and cafeteria workers' schedules, especially if they do both, rather than being geared to what is best for students and teachers. My point is that a schedule is not what enables or disables collaborative professional learning. It is the top-down commitment to professional learning, or lack thereof, that promotes or hinders collaborative professional learning. A schedule is a thing that can be and should be manipulated in ways that are best for student learning. Collaborative professional learning does not begin with plans for a schedule change, but with a commitment to a cultural change, end quote. Wow. Yeah. I had the same response when he shared that with me. If there are time is, in my mind, like a textbook. It's a resource we bring into the school. We use it to the best of our ability, making savvy, smart decisions about how we use it. And we think about using it to the maximum. And we don't think about time like that. We only think about time as being a constraint. Mm. And um, this fixed entity that we cannot shape. So there's a principle through our work in transforming professional learning to prepare students to be college and career ready that we are doing with the support of the Sandler Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the MetLife Foundation to look at state policy and practice and how that influences school districts, school mm -hmm. and classroom practice in professional learning has given us an opportunity to look at how we use professional learning differently how we create different kinds of learning experiences, and even to the point of how we conceptualize professional learning in a very different way to support the many innovations schools are working in now. And one of the things I have had the joy of doing with this project is meeting this principal 
an elementary school principal who has the most brilliant approach to thinking about time I have ever heard. Her name is Cindy Galloway. She's the principal of Deer Park Elementary School in Davies County Public School in Western Kentucky. And she has five school-day schedules operating in her school all the time. And if teachers in third grade suggest that they need additional time for curriculum development to work on assessments or to have time to talk about how to address the needs of students who are not advancing, they go to Cindy and say, we need time. Cindy talks with them about how much. And then she decides which of these school day schedules is the most appropriate one to create the time for this team of teachers. And she declares that the next day is a schedule of that um, that particular schedule. Students arrive and depart at the same time. They lunch at the same time that they would normally. And teachers have time they need. And it's how people in the school think about using time. Mm -hmm. And they all recognize that if the third grade teachers need time, it's likely at some point uh, fourth grade teachers will need time. So if on a particular day they have 10 more students in their class for a short period of time or um, they are um, shortening time for students to be in PE, so third grade students can have an extended uh, PE session, it's just how the day goes. It's a beautiful notion that we can use time as a resource rather than to think about time as something as firm as the walls and the floor and the ceiling. When you reflect on that building and that principle, how did she create that culture in that building to have a true collective responsibility for students? No, I probably don't know as much about how that was created. Knowing Cindy, I can conjecture a few things. One is that she sets a very clear priority that student learning is what they're all about. It is a school that is incredibly innovative. Uh, it is an elementary um, international baccalaureate school. So in order to be recognized uh, with that designation as an IB school, there's a tremendous amount of dedicated investment and innovative planning mm -hmm. and commitment to student learning. And the staff has pulled together to do that. I suspect the process of becoming an IB school was a good part of the culture building process. So that's what I think I could tell you about okay. that. But I would say that there isn't a adult in the school that does not recognize that the primary responsibility of every adult is to ensure that every student in that school succeeds. Amazing. Amazing. When you think about her, and then spread that out to all leaders. What recommendations or points might you share that will help us prioritize 
all of our resources, including time. What are some driving questions? I uh, think a driving question, I'm going to propose a few here. One, One is, what is it that we are trying to achieve? What is our being absolutely crystal clear on our priorities, our goals, and to make sure that those goals and priorities are clearly focused on the results that we are striving to achieve for students. And then I would say, asking the question, what are we already doing successfully? What are we proud of? What do we think we are contributing to the success that we have? And then I would ask, what are the barriers? What are, what's holding us back? And who's responsible for controlling those barriers? And I think when we get to that third question, we discover in many cases that what we think are constraining factors, so I often will hear educators say, the state won't allow us. <laughs> and when I probe a little further, I discover the state has a waiver policy, and the school could apply for a waiver if they perceive that some policy is holding them back from doing what they want to do. Or they often have very inaccurate misconceptions about um, the length of a literacy block, for example. Uh People will say the literacy block must be 90 minutes. Well, I don't know that that's written into any state statute. I do know that extended time for literacy is a huge feature of effective literacy programs. But what if once in a while the literacy block were 60 minutes rather than 90 minutes, allowing more flexibility in the schedule? So in Cindy's school, for example, she has non-negotiables about time. One is, yes, they have a 90-minute literacy block, but their non-negotiable is 60 minutes. So he defines the parameters so as not to have a harmful impact on the education program. Students will have opportunities for physical education and arts and music. Those are given. Those will not be taken away. So being aware of priorities, being aware of how things are currently operating and what what is working, and then understanding those barriers and who is controlling those barriers. In many cases, we are controlling the barriers. We have made the decision, and we can change those uh, perceptions of barriers very quickly. Exactly. Joellen, if our listeners want to learn more about this topic of time, where might you direct them? I know you did a webinar not so long ago. Maybe that would be a good resource. Yeah. Or what other resources where they can explore more about it? There are um, two places I would encourage people to go. One is the Establishing Time for Professional Learning uh, book that is available on the Learning 
straightforward website in the section of publications for implementing the Common Core. And that workbook is 96 pages of background information, tools, and examples of school day schedules that create opportunities for collaboration. So I encourage people to look at that resource. The other one, just in terms of resources in general, is another document called Meet the Promise of Content Standards, Investing in Professional Learning, which is also available on the Learning Forward website. And it talks about all of the resources um, that we typically use for professional learning and how to think about using them all in combination, the technology and the time and the staff and all of those areas, um, and some recommended levels of investment in professional learning, particularly as we are addressing multiple and very complex reforms in yes. education. Wonderful. Wonderful. This has been a joy. I always learn from you, and I know our listeners too. What final words, reflections, or takeaways do you have for us? I think the final thing I would say, and I think it's just a summary of what I've said, time is a tool, and it's up to us to use it well. Thank you, thank you. This has been another joy for Sticky Standards, looking at the resource of time with Joellen Killian. Joellen, thank you so very much. Thank you, Dana. It's been a pleasure.